Hi everybody, I'm George and this is the best little horror house in Philly. We're doing a special bonus episode here today and our, our guest is a returning favorite, Joe Kroll. How's it going, Joe? Hello, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I didn't want to waste any time getting to it. So yeah, we're doing something a little special today, something that I'm really excited to do. We're going to be going through a choose your own adventure book. You know, a lot of people got into horror through reading. I know you were uh, a big horror literature fan. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this is a a fun way that a lot of people got into horror. I know that I read a lot of Choose Your Own Adventure books growing up, and there were plenty of them that have um, sort of a horror or a sci-fi horror kind of bent to them. And so I thought that it would be fun to um, be blatantly inspired by the Goosebuds podcast, who's done a couple of... uh, Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventures, and so we're going to take a crack at some of these. Did you read uh, Choose Your Own Adventures growing up? I did. Uh, In fact, this is very close to my heart. Uh, One of my fondest memories is being in, like, second grade, and my class was reading this together, and uh, not this particular book, but one of them, and uh, I had already read it, and I could not keep myself from blurting out the, like, oh no, this is what happens, (laughs) like, when they picked a shitty ending, so... It's great. I'll probably do the same thing here if I can remember any of this. I swear, I'm looking at the cover of this book and I'm having like weird sense memories. So I may have read this before. I'm kind of hoping so. This one, it it looks a little familiar, but you know, they all have the same sort of art style, which I really that adore. Is true. This kind of uh, retro futurism that uh, really has a soft spot in my heart. So the cover is really cool. Uh, the one that we're doing today is Space Patrol by Julius Goodman. This is Choose Your Own Adventure number 22. We're the star of our own story. Choose from 26 possible endings, Joe. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, plenty of uh, twists and turns, I'm sure. And the way that we're going to handle this is we're going to give ourselves three lives to get to a good ending. And uh, if we die three times in that path, then uh, that them's the breaks, unfortunately. <laughs> this really is like a morbid exercise. Like, you know, for like a, for like a young kid, like just thinking about it. I remember one of these books that I read. It always stuck with me. I chose an ending where I think it was like, uh, eat a sandwich or whatever. And it turned out like an ogre made wind chimes out of my bones or something. <laughs> hey, man, you got to watch out for those ogre sandwiches. They'll yeah. get you every time. Hey, listen, to be honest, if it was my sandwich. Eh. Wind chimes is, uh, I think, a pretty reasonable uh, punishment for <laughs> sandwich theft. Also, it's like a, like a DIY sort of thing, you know, like makes you useful in your in your death. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Great. So we're going to jump right into this. Before we do, uh, I wanted to thank our friend Corey for his help in uh, finding this book. So uh, thanks, Corey. Corey, you are a mensch. Indeed. All right. So to Kate and Ray, with special thanks to all space explorers and E.E. Doc Smith. All right. (laughs) Warning. Do not read this book straight through from the beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have as a commander in the Space Patrol. From time to time, as you read along, you'll be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you take are a result of your choice. You are responsible because you choose. After you make your choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make your move. Your patrol is a difficult one. The galaxy is full of dangers. One mistake could be your last. Good luck. George, what if we like accidentally just speed run this thing? Uh, then I think that we just shut down this mini series and uh, <laughs> we're just the winners of Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, I'm gonna like write my congressman or something. I, I, I deserve something <laughs> for that. You're the commander and pilot of Space Rescue Emergency Vessel 3. 
You are also the sole passenger, unless you count Henry, the ship's computer, which would be a good idea. (laughs) Okay, so you're not the only passenger. Syntax is great here. (laughs) Henry, who is the eighth model of his type, is very sophisticated, and, according to General Computers, the company that made him, he is absolutely reliable. As commander, you patrol an assigned sector of the solar system. You're a member of the Space Patrol, and your job is to keep the peace and provide rescue services in space. You are there to help. You are a 23rd century policeman, proud to wear the bright crimson and gold of the patrol. I would kind of make fun of the idea of just calling it Space Patrol, but then again, we live in the USA, and it's not like we came up with anything better recently. Um, what do you think of uh, crimson and gold as uh, as outfit colors? That's pretty sick. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is fresh. One of your major duties as commander in the patrol is to be on the lookout for the pirates that constantly raid the traffic between Venus, Earth, Mars, and their satellites, and the satellites of those planets not hospitable to human life. Okay, Venus is hospitable to human life, apparently. <laughs> it, uh, there must be some kind of terraforming, I suppose. <laughs> you also provide emergency repair and medical services for ships and passengers troubled by breakdowns, meteorites, radiation storms, and other routine hazards of space. You spend six months in space, then go planetside for six months of rest and recreation. The tour of duty you are on now will be over in a few weeks. Patrol regulations say you must not go into space during your vacation, not even to a moon's planet, or a planet's moon. Your superiors want to make sure you don't even think of space during your rest. Jesus. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm freaked out now. I'm, I'm legitimately scared. This is weird. You have been thinking a lot about a vacation on Venus this time. It's one of the universe's best-known pleasure spots. But something in the back of your mind is nagging you to go back to Earth, since you have never been there. You're also thinking about returning home to Shepard, Saturn's first artificial satellite. Suddenly, Henry interrupts your pleasant thoughts of vacation. Commander, meteorite debris dead ahead. Shall I handle evasive maneuvers or do you want the controls? (laughs) Wesley. (laughs) Oh, God. Do I get to be Scudworth? Raise the roof. Raise it. (laughs) Normally, Henry would handle this routine matter, but things have been dull lately, and Henry feels you need some action. Okay, Joe. Man. Here's your first choice. Come on. This shit was done on purpose. (laughs) Henry feels you need Come on. Anyway. Okay, if you decide to take the controls... All right, don't, Joe, don't look at the, uh, <laughs> the answer there. Okay. If you decide to take the controls, click here. If you decide to let Henry do it so you can continue dreaming about vacation, click here. Well, it does say that Henry normally handles this stuff. Mm. Right? Yeah. So let's go ahead and let him continue to do that. Or let, let him handle it so we can continue dreaming about vacation. Okay. You, <laughs> you handle the controls, Henry. Unfortunately, hidden among the meteorites is an unexploded bomb left over from the second solar system war 50 Earth years ago. (laughs) Henry's course takes you too close, much too close, and you, Henry, and the ship are instantly vaporized. What the fuck good are you, Henry? (laughs) You piece of shit. Like, what is this book trying to, like, okay, honestly, uh, it's it's like video game design or whatever, right? Like, what are you trying to teach the reader here? It says, like, oh, this is normally what happens, and uh, he's a technical program, and you're not. And... No, they fuck us. So I guess wow. it's teaching us to take some uh, some agency Initiative, in the story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Remember, like, five minutes ago when you were like, what if we speedrun? <laughs> <laughs> First choice. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. So we're going to decide to take the controls, right? I'll take over, Henry. You put your hands on the controls and start to thread your way between the meteorites. The radio crackles. Srev 2 or Srev 3, emergency. Repeat, emergency. Closest vessel. Please respond immediately to outer rings of Saturn. Over. Srev 2 is closer, you think, but not by much. 
either of you can handle the call. Maybe you should take it. Some action might feel good. On the other hand, why stick your neck out only a few weeks before your tour of duty ends? Besides, you're in the middle of meteorites. If you decide to take the call, click here. If you decide to let Sreb 2 handle it, click here. Okay, we're going to make this choice based on what happened last time, and I swear to God, if this book fucks me, after I've learned the lesson, yeah, I'm going to be so mad. I decide to take the call. Okay, here we go. Henry, tell HQ we'll take the call. Roger, Commander. Henry transmits your acceptance message and plots your course. HQ says the ship is under pirate attack, Commander. They hope to radio more information to us before we arrive. <laughs> I hope so too, Henry. Ready hyperdrive. Prepare to use emergency power and energize battle stations. Roger. The meteorite storm is over now. You sit in your command couch. While Henry makes preparations, you empty your mind, meditating. Henry's precise electronic voice interrupts. All set, Commander. Okay, Henry, you key the console switch for hyperdrive. Henry could do this. In fact, Henry could maneuver the ship himself in an emergency. But the paperwork you must send to HQ in that case is tremendous. Wow. Yeah. Henry, I'm going to the ready room to put on my armor. Keep me posted. Roger, Commander. Henry sounds extremely calm. He's been programmed to sound calmer and calmer as stress builds, and effects his manufacturers are proud of. But whenever Henry gets exceedingly calm, you wonder what the matter is. Yeah, that's that makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> these Stephen King asides here, like, for real. Like, he can go on for 10 pages about, like, how a tree looks. Uh, and <laughs> this is, like, a mini version of that. It's great. Henry's voice comes over your suit headset as you walk towards the bridge. Commander, four minutes and 27 seconds to destination. Roger, Henry. A signal has just come in from HQ that the ship in distress is under attack by a single pirate vessel. Their defensive screens are holding, but the attackers are slowly increasing weapon power. Apparently, they want to take hostages. Hmm. Thanks, Henry. You settle in your couch and consider strategy. You decide you only have two choices. If you try a sneak attack, click here. If you go in blasting, click here. All right, here we go. What, uh, are we going stealth or are we going, uh, frontal attack here, Joe? I mean... It is only a single pirate ship, but this this does feel like why why would you give the element a surprise if you got it? Mm. Right? Yeah. All so right, let's try a sneak, sneak attack. attack. Yeah, All let's right. do it. Henry, we're gonna sneak up on them. Show me on the display the least likely direction they expect us to come from. <laughs> Henry lights up the display, then says worriedly, "But Commander, my calculations show only a ten percent <laughs> chance of success if we arrive from that direction." Ah, yes, Henry. But I have a trick up my sleeve. Work up a course to bring us around to this sector. You punch in the numbers on the console. Let's go get them. You plot the ship to a hiding spot and tell Henry to wait for more directions. Now comes the dangerous part. You slip out the airlock, making sure the two mirrors you have put into a pocket on the outside of your space armor are safe. You shove out into space and drift towards the pirates. Before you can put your plan into action, though, a second pirate ship arrives and comes to rest next to the first one. Oh, shit. Space-suited figures leave the first ship and use their space jets, suit jets, to fly to the second. The one fuck? figure is wrapped in a cocoon of orange light. He is a captive. You wait for them at the airlock of the second ship, laser gun in hand, concealed in the shadow of a hull protrusion. Suddenly, you're spotted. Wow. Okay. There's so much for the element of surprise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're simultaneously like the most capable and uh, just the least uh, effective hero in the history of, of, uh, of literature here. Yeah, it's true. We got pretty sweet armor, though, looking at true. this uh, <laughs> illustration here in the middle. Also, I really like the way that it kind of um, like extends into the other frame. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good layout. I don't, I don't know why we have two like 
thermoses on our back as a jetpack. That's whatever. our space jets, bro. <laughs> Silent laser beams flash through space between you and a figure grinning evilly behind its helmet. He misses. You score a direct hit. All right. Shout out to them for the silent laser beams. Yeah, that's good. Nothing to carry the uh, carry the sound. Yeah, exactly. This is it. Drop your weapons, you command. You are surrounded. I arrest you in the name of the patrol. <laughs> <laughs> One false move and it's all over. You escort the captive back to the ship and tell Henry to call for reinforcements to take the prisoners to jail. Hell yeah. Uh, once the prisoners are on their way to jail and the victim is safely on his way, you go back to your ship. Well, Henry, I guess that one worked out all right. Yes, Commander. I'm happy to see that my projection was proved wrong. Tell me, though, what were you going to do with the mirrors? Uh, Henry, everyone needs a secret now and then. What? What is that? <laughs> um, Chekhov's mirrors? What's going on with this? Yeah, right. Let's decide where to go now. Do you have any objection to heading out towards Pluto? None, Commander. Good. Then let's go. Pull out us a course, Henry. All right. No choice there. <laughs> so we, uh, we basically just beat level one, huh? I guess so. You've decided to head towards the outer planets. The distances here are greater, so less is happening than around the inner planets, which are closer together. All the space out here, however, gives pirates and other criminals plenty of room to do their evil deeds and then escape. In fact, you receive a briefing two days ago about a band of pirates who, strangely enough, were preying on the scientific traffic between Neptune and Pluto. As you pass Jupiter, Henry reports that he has detective ship retrofire in the distance. My spectrographic analysis is that the firing of a United Rocket Model R8 Super Wesley. <laughs> Could it be a ship in distress, Henry? There is a 98.5 probability that it is not. It hardly seems worth investigating. The pirate activity we were warned about is not in this area, but 80 light minutes away. All right. If you want to decide to investigate the retrofire anyway, click here. If you decide Henry's probably right and the retrofire isn't worth investigating, click here. All right. I'm going to be honest. This seems, oh, man, it could go either way. It feels like a trap to me. Yeah, it does to me as well. Despite the fact that, again, we were taught the lesson that, yeah. like, number we've been taught two lessons so far. Number one, Henry fucks up. Like, he, he makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two, if you just don't go have an adventure, if you just try to, like, play it cool, mm-hmm. uh, you'll die anyway. But you're right. This does feel like a trap. Wow. Well, it's up to you, my friend. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> is that is that the game here, pal? Put this yeah, all on me. Yeah, that is. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I hate the way these things are worded, too. This is... I'm agonizing over this. All right. Let's investigate it anyway. All right. Wow. Yeah. Sweet picture. <laughs> Look at that giant sandwich he's eating. Yeah. He's got a big old sandwich. Your classic hoagie, sub, grinder, whatever the hell you want to call it. You know, on the on the Simpsons, they say that whenever, like, in the earlier seasons or whatever, you see somebody just eating a giant sandwich, that it was usually a pitch by Conan O'Brien in the room, just because <laughs> giant sandwiches are... are inherently comedic and i gotta say looking at this picture he's 100 percent right he's right look conan you gotta give it up when he gets it right and he got it right <laughs> <laughs> when you get near the ship that's retrofiring you learn that henry was right it is a ur model r8 super not a pirate ship the passengers are surprised to see a patrol vessel since nothing is the matter sorry we disturbed you you say it's just a routine check you tell you feel a little embarrassed when you tell henry to compute a new course Guess I should apologize for not believing you. That's all right, Commander. All humans make mistakes. <laughs> Fucking sassy robot. Oh, man. What? Like, not since Interstellar. <laughs> yeah, this is truly a Nolan-esque <laughs> story here. <laughs> uh, you cruise around Pluto and Neptune for hours, but nothing happens. Henry, 
Do you find this patrol stuff boring, too? You finally ask. Please define, Commander. Boring. You know, nothing to do. Sit around all day, waiting for something to happen. B-O-R-I-N-G. I'm not sure I understand you completely. In any event, there's plenty to do. Write reports, monitor radio transmissions, follow maintenance schedules, study. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Bouncing a ball <laughs> as many times as you can. Trying to beat that record. Yeah. The paddle one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Enough, Henry. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's all, oh, forget it. I'm going to fix myself a sandwich. Yeah. You get up from your command couch and, mouth-watering, head to the galley, thinking about one of your favorite things in the universe, a Dagwood sandwich. Wow, Ooh. brand name. Yeah, the specifics here. The sandwich is at least 10 centimeters thick. Oh, no, we're going to die. the spot. <laughs> we're going to get heart disease. Yeah, unfortunately, it also makes you sleepy and you nod out in your chair. You wake up what feels like hours later. How long have you been asleep? Henry, I must have fallen asleep. What time is it? There is no answer. Oh, fuck. What? Henry, you call again. More silence. You hurry up to the bridge. Maybe there's just something wrong with your speaker in the lounge. But Henry doesn't answer your shouts in the corridor or on the bridge. Quickly, you run through a series of tests on the ship's computer. Everything seems normal. All the ship's systems appear to be operating, except for Henry's program. Somehow Henry isn't there at all, which is very strange. Where can a computer or a computer program go? It can't pick itself up and walk away. You decide to try the radio to see if it works. This is Srev 3. This is a test. Can anyone hear my signal? Repeat. This is Srev... This is Patrol Base Pluto, Srev 3. We read you loud and clear. Is anything the matter? Uh, if you decide to tell them Henry is missing, click here. If you decide not to tell, not yet anyway, and investigate some more yourself, click here. Just by the wording, I feel like we got to go with the second one. Investigate yourself. Keep your cards close to your chest. That's right. No, Pluto base. There's nothing the matter, you say. I uh, thought there might have been some refragulation with the radio's uh, frimication circuitry. <laughs> I guess there's no problem. Uh, thanks. Srev 3 over and out. By the way, that wasn't George vamping. The actual words were refragulation and frimication. Yeah. Great bluster, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, classic Han Solo type stuff. Yep. I mean, yup. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes care of that. Now the problem is to find out what happened to Henry and fix him. You lean back in your command couch in your favorite thinking posture, hands clasped behind your head, and wonder what might have caused this problem. You finally come up with two possibilities. The radiation storm may have caused some damage to the ships and Henry's circuitry. Perhaps you should check some of the service panels on the outside of the hull. And you remember that you were annoyed with Henry just before you went to the galley and yelled, forget it, at him. You don't know if this has done anything, but it might be worth investigating. Wow. If you decide to check the service panels, click here. If you decide to determine whether Henry is, quote-unquote, upset, click here. The robot did not know what boring meant, but uh, is complex enough to feel uh, hurt feelings. Because you went and made a sandwich instead of talked to it. <laughs> um, okay. You know what? Let's do the technical thing first. Let's go check those service panels. All right. Heading out into space. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Some more fun art, though. You decide to check some of the service panels on the outside of the ship and head to the airlock to put on your spacesuit. Once outside, you head over to a likely panel and remove the covering. A careful look shows no sign of any damage. The same thing happens with the next three panels, but the fourth one comes off to reveal a burned mess. Now, what could have done that? There's no telling. You slip inside to get some spare parts and head back out. You fix some of the damage and try to reach Henry on your space radio, but still get nothing. The rest of the service panels look fine, you decide to give up and call HQ when it happens. Suddenly, you're spinning through space. There must be a malfunction in my suit jets. Oh, well, you think calmly. I'll call Henry and have him maneuver. Uh-oh. No Henry. Now what? 
Oh, Henry, where are you when I need you, you whisper? <laughs> oh, my God. Right here, of course. Oh, no. A familiar voice. Henry, where have you been? Been? I haven't been anywhere. What are you doing out there? I'm not sure, Henry, you say with a laugh. Come pick me up, though. Henry does as you ask, and you're soon reunited with him. You never do find out exactly what happened, and you don't really care. You're just glad he's back. Wait, what? What? Look, I appreciate what you were doing with the voice there, because yeah. we all thought a different ending was... But the... That's what I thought was happening. Yeah, <laughs> by the way... I thought this was like, how? <laughs> this is the end. Like, the story ends here. I guess this is a good ending? Um, yeah, I guess you just go off to, uh, to, to space. Yeah, you go on your vacation to Venus or whatever, and you yeah. just never think twice about this weird little excursion you had. Yeah. All right, cool. I mean, I guess that's a way of winning. I guess. I'm going to count that as uh, a life, though. I'm going to take us back because... Dude, that, that's... Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a death. I think that uh, it's 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 an ending, but... It's a run. Yeah. Okay, three runs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we took a quick break in between, <laughs> in between to decide <laughs> that the way that we're going to handle this is we're going to go back... To keep going, because this was very quick, and that's a pretty unsatisfying ending, we're just going to rewind a little bit here. Yeah, this is like the time uh, my friends and I played Silent Hill 2 for the first time, and uh, the ending we got is where the protagonist drives his car off a bridge into the water. (laughs) Uh, And we were like, that's the ending? We didn't realize there were multiple endings, so we just figured that was the ending of it forever. We decided that the spot to jump back in from is uh, we're going to not investigate the retro fire. And so we decide Henry's right, and it's probably not worth investigating. Stay on course, Henry, you say. You're probably right about that just being retrofire. But keep an ear out for any strange radio transmissions. Yes, Commander, Henry says. What? What? What does Henry say? <laughs> yes, Commander. Thank you. <laughs> Soon you leave Neptune far behind. Pluto, however, is a long way off when Henry interrupts you while you're working at your desk, trying to make some sense of the new regulations. Excuse me, Commander. I've intercepted a radio call from somewhere near Saturn. The signal is weak. It sounds like a distress call. Shall I play it for you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is... All right. Go ahead. Sorry. For you. <laughs> Adding four extra syllables. Okay. Yes, but let's head in that direction first. If it is a distress call, we want to get there as soon as we can. On your way to Saturn, Henry plays the message for you. It simply says, help, help. Leave me alone, you beast. Henry says the transmission was not on one of the wavelengths normally used for distress calls or regular commercial traffic. Henry, something sounds fishy to me. I'm putting on my armor. Prepare us for battle and see if you can get a better fix on the location as we get closer. Roger, Commander. When you return to the bridge in your space armor, Henry says he has intercepted another message. It's the same as before, and he's pinpointed the origin of the call. It's coming from Saturn's moon, Mimas. Good work, Henry. Calculate a course that will take us there as fast as possible, and execute non-detectable mode as we pass Tethy's orbit. Once you're on your way, you lean back to think. For the umpteenth time, you're grateful for this mode, which gives you almost perfect invisibility. Sweet. Right? That's uh, how convenient. <laughs> yeah. Henry breaks into your thoughts. Commander, we are now passing Tethys. I have a picture of the situation. He flashes up a hologram of the area around Mimas. Two ships, one much larger than the other, are stopped near the great peak of Mimas. Surrounding them is a ring of six more ships. While you watch, a laser shot flashes out from the large ship and explodes a portion of the small ship. We got a nice picture of that right here. Yeah. I like these not Star Destroyers in the background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a hmm, certain influence I'm detecting. <laughs> that ring of ships must be support vessels for the large command pirate ship. I wonder what they're doing with that small ship. 
There's no tallying commander. I suggest we blast the larger ship and then hit the smaller ships, or you could try sneaking in alone and taking over the fairly large ship with me as backup, but that's fairly risky. (laughs) If you try Henry's first plan of attacking the command ship, click here. If you try Henry's second plan of sneaking aboard, click here. All right, Joe. Man, Henry is a breakout star of this episode. Um, (laughs) This is a tough one. This is a tough one. We saw, I mean, the last time we tried stealth, it didn't exactly go as planned. You know, it, uh, despite our, ooh, Despite our um, picking stealth, we broke stealth via story cutscene. <laughs> right, uh, almost immediately. So. Yes, we did. Also, we but we also have found out that nothing in this book is consistent in terms of what it if, if there's anything to learn from Very your true. previous true. decisions. Uh, there's just a bunch of ships, man. I don't know if I love the idea of like just going in there and blasting the big one and then seeing what happens. Sure. Uh, let's try sneaking aboard. Alrighty, Henry, I'm sneaking in, no matter how risky it is. Roger, Commander. Well, come in close to Mimas, near the Great Peak. I'll go in alone from there. Henry drops you off at the appointed spot and waits there, ready to give you whatever aid you need. But you find you don't need anything, except for the blasters in your suit. With their help, you capture a group of pirates so intent on frightening a young woman they don't even notice you until you fire a laser blast past them. It isn't until you get them all rounded up, however, that you learn that this is a movie set and you've ruined an entire scene. The director likes your stuff, though, and he says he'll make you a star. Hey! The end. Wow, amazing. We're going to be space Hollywood superstars. Hell yeah, man. Do we want to see if we can get into a little more danger? <laughs> or do we want to take this as our final run? Uh, Listen, man, I'm, what I'm hearing is the podcast host in you wants to do a little more content. So let's, let's see if we can get ourselves in some trouble. All right, all right. Let's, uh, we'll back it up a little bit here. So we know, I'm going to count that as this is now the continuing adventures. <laughs> of of Captain whatever I don't even think we got a name Captain Joe who is now a space Hollywood superstar as it should be as it should be we're gonna have to rewind a little further back anyway but I wanted to keep this in because I will say that as much as it is inconsistent in some of the decisions pretty interestingly this other choice here is still a move like it was still a movie set so the probabilities are pretty even Henry but the first plan has a slightly greater chance of success so we'll go with it besides. My trigger finger is itchy. Classic. I do not like Captain Joe. (laughs) Roger, Commander. Ready whenever you are. Defensive screens are deployed. All weapons are energized. Keep your eyes on the large ship, Henry. (laughs) In just a second, I'm intercepting another radio message, Commander. Let's hear it, Henry. So you refuse my demands. You leave me no choice then, madam. Engineering. Prepare to blow them out of the sky. Fire, Henry. The large ship is engulfed in a ball of energy. It falls in on itself and is utterly consumed. You've saved the small ship and its occupants from destruction. It should be easy to capture the small pirate ships, you think. The only problem for you, as you find out later, is that the whole setup was a movie set. You have destroyed a very expensive piece of property, not to mention a whole week's worth of shooting. Fortunately, no one was aboard the ship you shot at, but you're in deep trouble anyway. The end. I don't know that I believe that there was no one aboard that ship. (laughs) Yeah, nope. I don't believe it one bit. This is the Uh, (laughs) cover-up. Yeah, absolutely. This is where you can detect the children's novel aspect of it coming in. (laughs) But it is is realistic that you wouldn't get, uh, as a space cop, you wouldn't get any serious trouble for uh, taking out innocents. We're going to back it up to, again, the retro fire space, because that seems like a pretty significant pivot point here. Yes. 
And so we decide to head towards the outer planets. The distances here are greater, so less is happening than around the inner planets, which are closer together. All the space out here, however, gives pirates and other criminals plenty of room to do their evil deeds. Blah, and blah, apparently blah, blah, movie blah. sets. With yes. <laughs> and, and amongst these sets. pirates, just looking like pirates and saying, eh, no big deal. We don't get any like major signifiers. File permits and shit with the local police. <laughs> there should be like a, some kind of union guy standing outside being yeah. like, don't shoot these guys, please. Yeah, sets explode (laughs) (laughs) sometimes sets explode henry reports that he's detected ship retrofire in the distance he says that it's the united rocket model r8 super could it be a ship in distress henry there's a 98.5 percent probability that it's not it hardly seems worth investigating the pirate activity we were warned about is not in that area anyway but 80 light minutes away so we're going to investigate the retrofire this time again wait no we did that the first time we're doing it again I thought we exhausted all those choices. No. Then we we come in here. Um, he we're eating says, a sandwich. We're eating our sandwich. Right. It's 10 centimeters thick. Hits the Jesus. spot. We pass out. No Henry. This is where we're at again. Okay. So Henry is missing. Uh, you decide to test the radio to see if it works. This is SREV 3. This is a test. Can anyone hear my signal? Repeat. This is SREV. Uh, and so our choice now is if you decide to tell them Henry is missing, this is our... our Right, this is the path we did not take. Right. Damn, I guess we really did just fucking... (laughs) (laughs) You can't do anything in this goddamn book. We hit hit the wall. Uh, Yes, Pluto Base, it's kind of hard to explain, but, well, my ship's computer is missing. What do you mean missing? Somebody stole it? Well, no, that's not what I mean. The computer is here. I mean, the hardware is here, but Henry isn't. Henry isn't. This is highly irregular, Commander. You better fly to the General Repair Facility at Moonbase immediately. Over and out. At the repair facility, you're questioned thoroughly, but nobody tells you what's going on. Finally, you're called into your chief's office. You're prepared for the worst, but the chief is smiling. Well, we found Henry. It wasn't easy, though. Seems that you told Henry to forget it. But Henry can't forget anything that's related directly to ship function. What he could forget was who he is. Henry took your phrase as an order. He forgot himself and virtually disappeared. But Henry's okay now, you ask? Yes, he's fine now. And thanks to you, we're ordering a recall on all ships to make sure... This type of incident won't happen again, we hope. Anyway, I continue. You're dismissed now. Go and say hello to Henry. Uh, By the way, this was a real turn. I thought this was going to be like, well, you ruined the damn ship, but it just turned out to be like, thanks for your diligent work of telling him to forget it. Anyway, anyway, the chief continues. You're dismissed now. Go and say hello to Henry, and then your your tour of duty is ended. You may start your vacation a little early. Thanks, and have fun. You plan to. The end. You murdered your partner. <laughs> Go have fun. Start your vacation early. Damn it, Captain Joe. <laughs> you found a, a fatal flaw in the system, and we're very grateful to you. You know, at the end of the day, I think I'm willing to call this a success. You became a space movie star. You helped find a fatal flaw in the system. Uh, and that's two two victories right there. And you're, yeah. you're off on your vacation. So there's yeah, there's also the third victory I got, which I am not going to let go of just everything was fine. And I I had a weird thing happen to me. and I just didn't want to think about it anymore. Avoision is a very valid, good ending. Great. Well, this was fun. I'm sorry that we didn't explore quite as much as I perhaps thought, Joe. But uh, I want to thank you for coming on to do this Choose Your Own Adventure book with me. And if people like it, maybe there will be more. And if people don't like it. Um, I don't really care because I'm doing this for free. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I hope you do a bunch more of these because I can't wait to hear somebody come on here who's more competent. Joe, you want to uh, you want to plug anything or at least shout uh, shout something out that you're enjoying? 
I'm going to shout out the video game Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. It is extremely old. It is extremely hard to figure out how to play, but that's how I'm choosing to use my health crisis downtime is learn how to get good at a game that's over 20 years old and looks like an absolute war crime. But it uh, it, is, it is turning out fun. That's awesome. Uh, and look, I mean, Sid Meier, known for the Civ game, so it's not like uh, he's anything to scoff at. Yeah, technically, uh, this game is considered to be like the best of all time in the 4X genre. So, Well, there you go. Yeah, the writing and the characters and the, and the, the setting is very good. And it's in keeping with today's space theme. So go check right. it out. Perfect. Um, and as far as me, you can find me on Twitter at LowellHorrorPHL. That username extends to all the rest of the social platforms, too. And uh, go check out the regular episodes. Joe has a fun regular episode where we talk about the movie Green Room as the best horror movie ever made. And that's a really yes, fun sir. episode. And if you enjoyed this and you want to see more, then uh, let us know. You know, George, I got to say, you've, you've had a bunch of really bangers lately on your on your feed. But I really want to throw out the John Mackey 28 Days Later episode as a personal favor. That was great. There you go. So, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. And then also go check out the John Mackey 28 Days Later episode. <laughs> and make sure to stay flippy as well. Yeah, and absolutely stay flippy. And um, that's uh, that's going to be it for us. So thanks again for coming on, Joe. Thanks a lot, George. Bye. Bye, everybody.